Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'll help you stay focused and not get burned out. I'll also be interviewing husband and wife team, Catherine and Michael K. Redmond, who are co-founders of Half a Bubble Out, a marketing and business consulting firm. In today's episode, they discuss their best-selling book, Fulfilled, the passion and provision strategy for building a business with profit, purpose, and legacy. This book teaches entrepreneurs and really all individuals that it's possible to have more than enough provision while still finding the fulfillment of pursuing your passion. For more information about Catherine and Michael and to purchase their book, please visit www.fulfilledthebook.com. Thank you so much for listening to Lifeology. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Staying focused and not burning out. We all have so many things in life we need to do. The responsibilities of our family, of our job, of our health and wellness can sometimes become overwhelming. And when we do focus on those responsibilities, often our own self-care is ignored. I know for me, just like all of you, I can be so overwhelmed in a day where I have so many things I need to do. Multiple aspects of my businesses need to have oversight. And so of course, just like you, I will do that. However, when it takes some time of reflection, I realize my own self-care and exactly what I'm teaching you can often be ignored. I find that in my personal life, I may be a little bit more sensitive or a little bit more snippy with my loved ones, or perhaps my thoughts are a little bit more negative, which is not my normal disposition. It's so important to include self-care in your day. Now, often we think self-care is going to a beach or perhaps going on a vacation, which yes, that is a form of self-care, but that's not the type of self-care I'm talking about. Self-care itself is just simply a mind shift to help you reset your thoughts, to reset your emotions, to reset your body. When you look at what works for you or perhaps the style of self-care that works for you, it's important to make sure that you implement that in your daily schedule. What I always say is how you start your morning is indicative of how your day is going to go. If you start your morning and you feel rushed, where you realize how late you're running, you get to your office, you're running late for your first meeting, and that frenetic energy continues to permeate your whole day. So you constantly feel like you're trying to play catch up. And as we know, when we play catch up, we feel like we're not prepared for the next thing we're supposed to do. So then by the time we get home, we're so overwhelmed and we're so tired that the things we would like to do, for example, with our family or friends, all of a sudden is put to the back burner because we don't have enough energy. One way to really incorporate your self-care is to be mindful of how you start your day. For example, what I do every morning, this is not tooting my own horn because this is something I have to work towards every single day. But every morning I wake up an hour before I need to. For example, if my first consult meeting is at 7 a.m., which unfortunately that happens quite often, I have to wake up at six. But in order for me to start my own self-care, I have to wake up at five. And the reason why I do that is this. When I wake up at 5 a.m., I prepare my morning, 
I have my morning coffee, I walk my dog. And for me, I listen to a recording that I've created. And in that recording, it talks about the character that I'm going to demonstrate that day. It talks about the goals I have that I'm going to accomplish this week or for the month and for the year. And it helps me really stay focused on who I'm going to become. So for me, I call them my I declares. I declare that I'm going to be successful. I declare that I'm going to be filled with joy today. I declare that I have a sound mind. I declare that I'm going to be prosperous today. And when I continually say those things or rather hear those things, it starts my morning with confidence. It starts my morning with peace. It starts my morning with a sense of purpose. And then as I hear what my goals are, then it helps me stay focused on today. Yes, these are the particular things I need to do, but are they also moving me towards my goal? And so therefore, when I do start these endeavors each day, I recognize that they are moving me closer and closer and closer to what I want to accomplish. And then around 6 a.m., when I do need to start to get ready, then I'm able to take my shower, I'm able to eat breakfast, and then by 7 a.m., I feel sharp and ready to go. Now, some of you may say, well, James, I can't wake up an hour before I'm supposed to. And that's totally fine. Once again, that was just an example of what I do. You want to do something for yourself every morning to make sure that whatever your process is, even if it's five minutes before you're supposed to wake up, that is something that's different than you've done before. When you can dedicate time to encourage yourself, to find your purpose, to reset your thoughts and your emotions, to give you the confidence of what you need to do, that bolsters your energy, that bolsters your thoughts, that bolsters your mind, that bolsters your body, which then encourages you to be successful for whatever it is you need to do that day. Then what you also want to do is check in with yourself halfway through the day, perhaps at lunchtime. You want to check in with yourself. You also want to create a scale for yourself between the levels of one and 10. 10 is the best I feel and one is the worst I feel. If you check in with yourself and realize at lunchtime that you're probably around a five or a four, which is relatively low from how you started the day, you ask yourself, well, what happened? Why am I still feeling down about something that happened at 9 a.m. when it's noon? Why am I still holding on to that? What we often don't realize is that our thoughts and our emotions can hold us back if we're holding on to something that's happened earlier in the day. That self-care thought allows you to reset and to say, I'm going to let that go. There's no reason for me to hold on to this. So for the next five hours or however long it is before you check in again, you're going to reset to make sure that you once again have the same confidence and energy that you had just before you started work. And with that reset, it allows you to once again stay focused. There are so many other ways in which to create self-care. And self-care is essentially just caring for yourself, just like it says. And that can be from your thoughts, from your spiritual side, from your physical self, from your diet. All of those things are so important. And just because life is so busy for each one of us, it does not mean that we can't have those few minutes of self-care to help us reset, to stay focused, and to find our purpose. Just as you build in your schedule for the day, you must build in self-care for yourself. I have a fantastic interview today with Catherine and Michael Redman. They review their book, Fulfilled, The Passion and Provision Strategy for Building a Business with Profit, Purpose, and Legacy. They really help you focus on how to build your business, but also the importance of self-care, the importance of allowing yourself to spend time with your family, as well as having a successful business. So stay tuned. If you're anything like me, you love to read. Lifeology and Audible.com have partnered to offer you an incredible opportunity. Audible is offering you one free book download with a free 30-day trial. This is perfect for those of you who love to read but often don't have time to enjoy your favorite pastime. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to start your free trial. They have over 180,000 books from all genres, so I'm pretty confident your favorite author's books will be there. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible and start listening to your favorite book today. 
Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to get started today. My guests today are the husband and wife team, Catherine and Michael K. Redmond, who are co-founders of Half a Bubble Out, a marketing and business consulting firm. They're here today to discuss their best-selling book, Fulfilled, the passion and provision strategy for building a business with profit, purpose, and legacy. Welcome to my show, you two. Well, Thank thanks you. for having us. It's excited. great to be here. Yeah, we're excited. I was reading your PR kit and I was like, oh my gosh, am I reading the synopsis of one of the Lifetime movies because you are sweethearts, you work together and you guys are so successful. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we could make a Hallmark Christmas movie for sure. Yeah. It'll be the highlight of our life if we could just have one made from about us. <laughs> that is hysterical. Clearly, I've been watching too much of the Lifetime Christmas movies at this moment. <laughs> now, before you both got married, did you both know that you were going to have, have did you have an interest in the business strategy world? Oh, I grew up I, with entrepreneur in my blood. Um, uh-huh. and then I, and then I thought it was going to never happen at some point, but Catherine, no, no, Catherine. I, I grew up with a, a pastor for a dad and a, and I went through school and I got a master's of divinity and oh, goodness, I thought totally it was going to be, yeah. So no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I would, I would be what we would call the reluctant entrepreneur who cannot be happier that we did what we did. Oh, that's amazing. You know, oh, it's, it's so nice to hear that. <laughs> but you know, it's also so interesting because often the people with whom I've worked, the entrepreneurs, it's usually if, if someone's married or partnered that they, it's only one person in that partnership who mm. is the entrepreneur. And so it's so interesting now is even as I think of this is to, to get the idea or get the, the belief system behind a, a partnership as you build your own business. So I think that'll be a really good paradigm as well to help us understand how that works for you, for you too. Yeah. We just, one of the things that we, we love working together. And one of the things has been um, just kind of being partnered with someone who for Michael, he brings out the best in me and I bring mm. out the best in him. That's amazing. So if we can do that in marriage and then we have some some really complementary skill sets that allow us to lead together in business really, really well and not be that couple leading a business where the employees are like, oh no, mom and dad are fighting, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's good they, to have they, those boundaries. We don't have that. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's fun. We have a good time. With all, the, with all the work that you've done, can you give me, what would be one of the, the biggest highlights of the, the entrepreneurial aspects you've done? <laughs> one of the biggest highlights is probably when you hit that place where people vote with their time and their words and their money. And they mm. say, what you're doing matters to us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's powerful. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so on the flip side, what would be one of the biggest struggles you two have had? So there was a, there was a season and the, bo- a list <laughs> yeah. the book actually starts this way, but there was a season where we'd been in business probably four or five years. We had, um, you know, we'd sort of been a comfortable six figure company. Um, and in 18 months, we grew 400%. Oh my gosh. So okay. that is an entrepreneurial dream. Yes. And what we discovered is it is also kind of a nightmare. So this thing where suddenly we had cash in the bank, we were no longer worried about, you know, paying the bills or covering mm-hmm. the expenses or whatever else. That part was great. But in the development of that and in the growth, it happened so fast. And we made some poor decisions, we hired poorly, and it all got out of control to the place where we literally did not want to come to our own business. We didn't want to cross the threshold of the door on Monday morning. Oh my gosh. And I think that's the difficulty because when you're doing so well and you're not prepared to be that successful, I mean, that's, that's a great struggle to have, but, but it is a struggle. Do you, in your book that we're going to talk about in just a minute, does it cover those types of difficulties? 
Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's yeah. one of the reasons we wrote the book was to say, okay, you know, you start a business out of a passion to to do something that you're good at, but there's this this uh, illusion out there that you either have to choose your passion or you have to choose to make a ton of money. You can't do both, right? So yeah. the passion the passion people are the starving artists. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an odd um, book because it's been said that it's a mini MBA, but it's so full of stories and so relational because the concept of passion and provision is a relational yeah. perspective on business. Wow. I, re- I really do like that. And that, that is a good point because I, I know when I, I first started, um, as far as some of my entrepreneurial endeavors as well, I did have that concept of I have to work so much and then I may forget my self-care or I may not be able to spend time with my family or I may not be able to do this or that. So I'd love to hear that you are able to incorporate both to say in order to be truly healthy and profitable, you have to have all of these things merged together. In fact, in that you talk about six interconnected areas um, in your book. And once again, for my listeners, it's fulfilled the passion and provision strategy for building a business with profit, purpose, and legacy. Can we transition into those six interconnected areas? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So part of the philosophy of the book, besides the idea that you can build a company that has both passion and provision, uh-huh. is that if you're going to do that and you're going to go the long haul in business, you need to create you need to have a holistic business model. So Ours is not the only model. There's lots of models out there, but you got to have a model. And Mm -hmm. so many people don't. Don't, exactly. So they just don't. So our model is pretty simple. We just created this wheel and in the middle is vision. Mm -hmm. That's the first part. And that's kind of that central core piece. And that's usually the first mistake most business businesses or entrepreneurs make is they actually don't have a clear, complete and compelling vision. Mm And if you don't, ha- and if you don't have that, you lose sense of not only where you're going, but who you are, your identity as a business. Yep. So let's, let's talk more about that vision. So is it more the aspect of where I'm at today and what, what I want my company to do? So no, it's a combination. It's, it's a combination. So part mm-hmm. of it is we use, we use the good to great model from Jim Collins as the okay. basis because it has two distinct parts. It has um, one side is what is called core identity. Mm-hmm. And then the other side is envisioned future. So the core identity piece is made up of your core purpose and your core values. Okay. And the values are really um, that critical thing of, you know, not just what do we do as a business, but what are the parameters in which we're going to do that? It allows you to define what you're for and what you're against, who you I serve, uh-huh. don't serve, so that you actually, when you run into those difficult situations, whether it be with staff or employees or whatever, you have a, a baseline that you can, a reference point that you can work from and say, this is who we are and it's going to affect everything. Mm-hmm. But when that's not thought out, and it's amazing how many consulting sessions we've had with companies that have been around 30 years, they're going, we want to go to the next level. What does this look like? You know, we made it here, but we can't get past this next transition. It's often they haven't clearly defined this vision. They don't really know where they're going and they don't really know who they are. Because when you say, you know, how's your culture? It's great. Okay, so what are your core values? Mm -hmm. Uh, Silence, crickets. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So you hire. So even for us, we talk about higher training and firing to core values. And so they bleed everywhere. Sure. And even even selecting and deselecting clients based on your core values. Right. So if wow. you if one of your core values is kindness, as it is for us, then mm-hmm. I don't want really mean, obnoxious jerk yeah. clients. It's like if you're a jerk, I my life is too short. I don't want to yeah. work with you. But you know, that's interesting because for some people, they may say, well, it doesn't really matter who my clients are because that's where my, my money comes in. But that yeah. will affect your Absolutely. culture. That affects so many other things as well. That's it really does. interesting. 
It does, but you take on a bunch of clients that aren't a good fit for you, who you are as a person or who you are as a company, and it can shred your people. Oh my it gosh, can shred yeah. your company, right? It's just mm-hmm. destructive. Wow. So that vision, brilliant. and then the envisioned future part, the other half of the deal is kind of that whole idea of, okay, if I actually, where, where is it I ultimately want to go? What's my North Star? How do I get there? And, and ultimately, what difference will it make in the world if I succeed? Mm. And, oh, yeah. And this is a 10 to 30 year goal. This is where you, you dare to dream big. Mm-hmm. A, dr- a dream big enough will inspire not only you in those hard times, but it will inspire your staff to walk mm-hmm. with you. If you have a the goal, as a friend of ours said at one point in his early years of his company, who now he's he's got a, a $30 million company, wow. he said, my my ultimate goal was we're going to make payroll in two weeks. And wow. when, his, when one of his employees that was rising up and become one of his senior leaders said, I, I, what are we doing this for? Why are we grinding like this? To make payroll. He literally told her to make <laughs> payroll. And he's embarrassed that he said it. It's like, you know what? That's not very compelling as it turns and out. And he learned very early on because he was a 35-year-old entrepreneur that had just you know, had the golden touch like very few people do. Sure. And he, all of a sudden, he hadn't learned all these other lessons of value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when he did that and we were talking about it, it was like, okay, it's got to be more than that because she eventually left the company because she wanted to pursue something that had more purpose and meaning. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And that's, 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 it makes sense. She would. I mean, if you're just working just for the payroll, I mean, there's, there's no, there's no vision. There's no adventure. There's, how would I even describe it? There's no, um, there's nothing greater than that. I mean, that doesn't yeah. seem like it's very, there's provision, but there's no passion. I like exactly. your adventure work. There's no adventure <laughs> at all. And we all crave adventure at some yes. point. Yeah, we do. We yeah. really do. So switching over to the other five. So we have leadership, management, and operations, marketing, and sales, money, and culture. Tell us more about the leadership version of that. Uh, leadership. Uh, it's leadership. the second. It's a third of the three mistakes. The second one is is not having the business model. The third mistake is leadership, and we talk about the inner game and the outer game. Yeah. Okay. So basically, it's the concept of um, so many so many times people think about leadership, they just think about what you can see people doing, and and leaders leaders you cannot lead people past where you are. So mm-hmm. if you're not if you're not doing and you're a psychologist, you know this, right? If you're not doing personal development, if you're not if you're not understanding who you are, how you function, mm-hmm. what gets in your way, what your tripping points are, why you react the way you do, all of those things that make up kind of the iceberg that's underneath the ocean, yeah. not the part that people see. Sure. Um, you know, and and it's so critical because literally, James, we I mean, I just read this stat that said that like 87, only um, 13% of people are self-aware. Really? Oh my goodness. 13%, which leaves 87% that think they are, but aren't. Oh my gosh. And so, you know, so you're operating, you're running through life and as a leader, you can destroy people along the way and not even realize why you're doing it. So to be intentional about leadership development Mm. and to realize that, you know, what, what got you here may not get you to the next stage and to understand, you know, how to, how to transition well through the different stages of life. Those are some of the things that we address in the book because that inner game of leadership can make or break your um, potential to succeed long-term. And when our company went to 400% and we were miserable it, and it had grown past ourselves, what had happened was our leadership just could not handle it. It was a weight bigger. And so our yeah. company actually went to 400% and then we lost half of all that business. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we grew, we grew yeah. 200% in two years. It's just, we did it by growing 400% and then dropping it down. <laughs> it's a very painful trajectory. <laughs> but you know, I think that's so important because I do think that many times leaders, um, 
they forget that they have to develop as well, that they've not reached their end result or because we, as, as in life, we're always growing and learning. So if you use that as, as a, as an example of life in general, as a leader, you must grow, you must continue to, to grow and develop as well. Cause I know many people, you know, in my field in psychology who have their own psychologists who have, and then those psychologists have their own psychologists. And so it's, it goes down to this whole thing of everybody needs to have some type of mentor, regardless yeah. of where you are in life. One of our favorite uh, quotes that a dear friend of ours who's a life coach and mentor says is nobody gets to clarity alone. Mm, it's true. Yeah. Wow. So that idea of being surrounded by people who can speak truth to you mm-hmm. <laughs> is really, really powerful. Yeah. And I think just the vulnerability of owning that. I think sometimes the illusion is as a leader, I have to have it all together. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I have to have it all. I have to be able to solve it all. I have to be able to answer every question. And, and we just need places where it's like, yeah, I don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. And I need other people who can help me grow and walk and learn and all that good stuff. It's so funny. leadership is critical. Yeah, that's, that happens in consulting is we'll have so many senior leaders walk into our office that are solving business problems. Mm-hmm. But because of this holistic model, because we're talking about growing as leaders there, they end up saying strangely enough at the end of the process. I felt like we were in business counseling. <laughs> really? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Because, you know, if, if thinking of that, that also makes me think if as a leader, you know, if, if they're great with their work, well, with this holistic model, are they also fulfilled in their family life too, or their, their personal life? So I do <laughs> think there is that, that duality that must be looked at as well as a leader. How is your self-care? How is your, how is your personal life? And are they both flowing together? Yeah. And we do talk about that in the book a lot because there are, there are so many, you know, we encountered entrepreneurs who they'll say things like, you know, I I started my business and I just basically looked at my wife or my husband and said, you know what, I just need five years and I'm going to just build this Mm -hmm. thing and it's going to be great. I'm going to make a ton of money and then we're going to be able to live our lives well. And at the end of that five years, they turn around, they don't have a spouse. Oh gosh. Wow. They've just destroyed it, you know? And so, so, and those kinds of stories, um, just they're they're just they're really common they and are, then you yeah. deal with the fact that there's a you know 90 percent business failure rate okay that's not nothing that's people's dreams that mm-hmm. are being dashed that's you know for a multiple reasons that are not just about the money mm. yeah you know it's, it's not just that 90 percent of people go bankrupt a lot of people just get tired of treading water and they don't know what to do they just get sick yeah. of it so that, that's you know and that's what i really love about your book is is it really helps people i mean you, you do talk about the failures you do talk about those struggles and and i think you really make you create a practical framework for people to really incorporate each of these six models or these six steps to make sure that they can be successful because like you said was it um like you said 90 percent of, of businesses do fail within the first what five years yep. and that is something where that's that's as an entrepreneur to hear that like oh my gosh do I even want to do this? Do I not? But like you said, you have to have a framework and a, and a model to be able to incorporate to find your success. Yeah. And, it, you know, as we look at the model, it, people start businesses sometimes because they just love what they do. They, you know, I'm really good at flower arrangements. So I'm going to open a business arranging flowers because everyone loves how I do this. <laughs> but they have no business model. They have no training, right? Mm-hmm. So suddenly they don't know how to set up systems. They don't know how to manage and hire people. They're scared to look at their their books, right? They don't know yeah. what an income statement is or a balance sheet or, you know, they, they don't understand that it's not just what's in the bank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Of course, of course. So some of those basics. So the book is really, here are the core basics. And we would we would argue that you need a minimum working knowledge, just minimum competency. Mm-hmm. We're not saying you have to be a CPA to run a successful business, but you do have to know enough to have yeah. intelligent conversations. Yeah. Those with people those who people are who experts. are who are the experts. Yes, and that's Same a, with marketing, that's right? That's a really good point. Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah. 
So switch transitioning to the next part, the management and operations. Tell us more about that. So if if leadership is about making sure that you're guiding the company and and all those dynamics that we see in making the big decisions and everything else, depending on how large the organization and, is, management operations is really the day-to-day functioning of let's get things done. How do we do it? How do we be efficient? And it's amazing how many people don't communicate well. We We talk about a model in the book that's really a five point and it's really simple but it's really hard for people to do because it's if you want somebody to really take off give them clear goals mm-hmm. communicate them well hold them accountable build trust and then when they do well acknowledge that and tell them they did a good job it's not rocket science yeah. and yet it's amazing how many companies don't even know how to communicate like that and realize wow. that that right there sounds it it almost sounds too simple to them it, like, does sound simple. it can't be it can't be that, but it's yeah. as simple as it is. It's, it takes a lifetime to continue to really grow and, and master it too. Yeah. yeah. So it's managing people. And then the other side of it is, is the operations, right? How do you set up standard operating procedures, SOPs? How do you make mm-hmm. sure that, you know, that the way that you do the things that happen in the business don't just live in your head? Mm. Because when, when they live in your head, it's really hard to replicate and grow and translate that information. So really creating clear systems and procedures, which is very, very hard to do depending yeah. on how you're put together. And, by, sure. and it just so happens that those when, when you talk to people who are buying companies, if you ever want to exit a company, those are the things that they're looking for that actually increase the multiplier of oh, value wow. on a company. Makes sense. Makes yeah. a lot of sense. Wow. Yep. And the next one, marketing and sales. I mean, that one sounds exciting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we love yeah, it. we love it. It's, How do you turn strangers into raving fans? Yeah. yeah. How do you take them through a, a journey that, um, that actually begins? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that actually yeah. causes them to trust and bond with you as a company, right? Yeah. So we talk about your brand is your reputation, mm-hmm. and branding is bonding. Yes. So how do you how do you build that out, and how do you make sure that you're covering the steps and you're not just skipping like you know, we, we talk about, um, a friend of ours created this model that we replicate in the book. And he basically says, you know, when, when people don't go through a trust journey, when it comes to the marketing, it's essentially like a bad dating experience where somebody Mm. walks up to you in a coffee shop and says, hi, my name is Jim. Um, would you like to name our children? Oh, okay. Right. Like, I need you to buy now. You don't know who I am. (laughs) Oh gosh, that's awkward. (laughs) So we, we basically lay out kind of a customer journey to help people go through all of that. And one of the fundamentals that we have to tell people all the time about marketing is, is marketing has gotten an idea for so many business people that it's just lead or customer acquisition. And Mm. Drucker, who is one of the famous uh, management authors and business consultants out of the 20th century, He said basically this, business or marketing is the entire business seen from the customer's perspective. Oh, wow. So when you think holistically again, going back to the holistic word, it's almost like a broken record, you start to realize that marketing and that process starts with, I'm finding a stranger. How do I turn them into their Mm -hmm. first acquisition? How do I keep them as a customer? Mm -hmm. And how do I help them become somebody who we've, we've, delighted them so much that they want to tell other people about us and we've given them a way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, and we've like created that. a way, like we, we have a one customer that's a great example where literally the very first thing we did for them was redesign their yellow pages. So that was a minute oh, ago. Oh, wow. Just yeah. a minute. <laughs> yeah, just a while ago. <laughs> right? Yeah. And now, you know, we've basically, we've continued to work with that customer for like 13 years. Oh, that's and, and we basically manage 
all of their marketing and they have five divisions, five different websites. Oh, wow. Like, so to, how do you, how do you grow a customer? Right. Yeah. And because they can become so more valuable. Yeah. They're our largest customer now. And it started out with a horrible yellow page project 15 years ago. <laughs> wow. Unfortunately, we only have a couple more minutes so that when my listeners definitely purchase the book, Fulfill the Passion and Provision Strategy for Building a Business with Profit, Purpose, and Legacy. And then they can also review the last two components of your six um, interconnected model, which is the money and culture. So one, as we wrap up here, what, would you, what advice would you give someone who's an entrepreneur, entrepreneur right now who's struggling? I would say that you want to dream and hope is not something that's lost. Go yeah. ahead and do that. But you need to have wisdom based underneath that. You need to have a foundation of practical skills and guidance that will help you build a plan to practically move towards your goals and your dreams. And if you have that, and we've tried to give that to them in, in passion and provision and fulfilled, then they have a much better chance of being successful. Don't get discouraged. There's a way to get there. Yes, there's always a way. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much. Uh, Catherine and Michael K. Redmond, thank you both. You've been a phenomenal guest. Uh, so intelligent, so, uh, <laughs> so good at what you do. If my <laughs> listeners want to find out more information about you to work with you, to purchase your book one more time, Fulfilled the Passion and Provision Strategy for Building a Business with Profit, Purpose, and Legacy, where will they find this information online? Best place to go is fulfilledthebook.com. Yep. Excellent. And from there, they can bounce to all the different places uh, we live. Relevant sites, relevant <laughs> social media places, and they can get a, uh, the book for $10, uh, which is half off of what it is at Amazon. Perfect. Thank you both so much for being amazing guests today. Thank you very much for having us. Thanks, James. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.